0: Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women, comedy, and business. My name's Katie, and this is my mum, Karen. Mama said
1: there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said, mama said, mama said there'll be days
0: like this. There'll be days like this. My mama said. Mama said How are you, mum? I'm all right.
2: The sun's out today, thank God. Is it? <laughs> um... Yes, it is. Well, you see, you've gone down to the office. I'm at home. Oh, yeah. in my ga- I'm not in my garden. I'm looking out at the garden. <laughs> and the sun's out after all the horror that we had. Oh. Who do we have today, Karen? We have a wonderful guest who <laughs> has been at the Guild of Balloon, which I'm proud to say. Uh, the <laughs> very lovely Afia Campbell. Afia is an actress, a playwright, and a singer. Who was originally from Florida and worked in New York and Shanghai. Afia came to the Gilded Balloon in 2014 with her sold-out production of Black is the Color of My Voice, which she toured extensively. Her next production production, her next production was Woke, which won a Scotsman Fringe First Award and again toured all over the place and was such a, bro- both pieces are absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Welcome Athia, it's oh, lovely Africa. to see you, thank you for coming to see <laughs> thank us.
1: You. Thank you. Oh, much. I'm so I'm excited. So <laughs> How, are, How you, are you Athia? Are you, oh, I'm doing grand. I'm doing very, very well. Yeah. yeah how's, of... been,
0: how's lockdown been a your
1: okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I was adjusting to just being at home because usually I'm on the road. Yeah. Uh, so it's been interesting to be grounded for such a long period of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I know,
2: and you've got a little little babe. Well, not such so little now, two-year-old.
1: Yeah, and he turned two in, in lockdown. Old. Yeah, it's been nice to kind of spend a lot of time with him and, like, seeing him, like, Kind of grow and develop and change. Like, I can you know, Children property. are incredible, aren't they? They are. <laughs> they are. I mean, he's got his own little personality and, and yeah, it's just cute. hilarious. So...
0: Yeah, it must be really nice actually for somebody that tours a lot to be able to have that time of three whole months together. It must be really lovely. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's go back to your own childhood. So we start the podcast um, each episode with going back to your upbringing and you are from the U.S. So yes. w- tell us about growing up over in the States.
1: Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, which is like a small kind of town. Uh, well, it's, actually, it's not so small. It's quite, a vi- well, it's become more of a vibrant like city. And I grew up, I went to a private school that was a part of this kind of church community. Uh, so it was very tight-knit community that I grew up mm. in like our graduating class and was a part of the school and this church and so I only had like eight people in my graduating class <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was really small and um, is, that,
2: is that how you started singing as well
1: yeah we and my arts started there as well the drama the drama, my drama instructor, who later started a theater company called the West Coast Black Theater Troupe, which I was one of the founding members of, and now it's it's really successful in Sarasota. They just celebrated 20 years um, really? of existence, and I they flew me back last year for this huge like um, concert they did, where it was like about 1,500 people that came for this event, wow. which was amazing. So and so, um, so yeah, so he was like. They are teaching me and I started when I was like four years old as a oh, wow. French hen <laughs> and a Christmas show and then just kept going. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, and what was it like to grow up there? Did you was it did you have many like, been... it would have been hot, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hot. <laughs> uh
1: it was I I had a really lovely childhood because yeah. um being a part of this community like we traveled a lot so when I was like I think 10 or 11 we went on a we always went on summer trips on the bus so we would travel like all over the states and stuff and like I remember seeing like the purple mountains when I was like eight with my mom in California on one of these trips and um, and so it was and we were always singing in the choir so like art and music um, and theater was always quite a part of my life, um, mm-hmm. from a, a really young age.
2: Yeah, that's and,
1: Yeah, it was really lovely. Tell us about your mom and dad. Um, my mom is, was it, is it, well, I was a teacher. She's retired now. And my dad was a lawyer and they both, uh, are dramatic in their own ways. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my mom, uh, my mom is. Yeah, she's just a very supportive, like caring woman, but also like really religious and has a very like kind of firm like religious foundation that she tried to instill in us or mm-hmm. did instill in us and we just chose our own religious beliefs as we got older. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, I guess for my mom I always kind of she was always encouraging me to do my best and to kind of go for anything. And I never felt like um, I always felt like I could have their support in anything I wanted to do, which was always yeah. really um lovely. And I felt like I could do whatever I want, you know, within reason. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they let okay. me explore my creativity uh yeah. and and make sure I had a lot of exposure to to different things to kind of shape me growing yeah. up. That's,
0: that's yeah. Do you have
1: siblings? Mm? Yeah, I have two brothers, two sisters.
0: Oh, really? Wow. A big family.
1: Yeah, yeah big, family. big family. Where do you fall? I'm the oldest girl, the second. Cool, cool. And yeah, what's your so...
0: relationship like with your brothers and sisters?
1: Oh, we're really close. So yeah. we have like, um, yeah, we have a group chat. Where we're always chatting. Yeah. <laughs> my my sister who's under me, she and I speak every day. Really? And um, my younger brother, he and I are quite close because he um, he writes music. And so he lives oh, cool. out in California and he does a lot of like songwriting for um, mm-hmm. movies and stuff. And so, very nice.
0: Very nice.
1: So we're quite close.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but Are you all over the place now? Are all of them in different countries? And-
1: no, they're all still in the States. So my sister, two of my sisters are still in Florida. My brother mm-hmm. is in um, California and my oldest brother is still in Florida, not far from uh, yeah. where we grew up.
0: Yeah, and are your parents still in Florida No, They're still in Sarasota. They love (laughs) Sarasota.
1: (laughs) They'll never leave Sarasota. (laughs) But they grew up... Is it nice for you to go home and visit? It is, actually. And because, you know, like, the community is so small, like, that I grew up in, like, you always see everyone... Uh, Mm -hmm. not a lot of people kind of have moved away or they end up coming back around the same time like around when we go home for Christmas so it's really nice because it's always like a high school reunion or whatever we get together and like oh you remember this or remember that (laughs) (laughs) so um so it's always really nice to see everyone um it feels Mm -hmm. like yeah like a feeling of of home like when you get back there uh and it's and it feels really comforting because I've lived now and like in Edinburgh and also in China. But it's just yeah. like a different like kind of past for me, mm-hmm. like uh, going back to yeah, the foundation in a way. It just feels really emotional at times when I go back
2: to. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it cool. is incredible, really, that you've gone around the world and ended up in Edinburgh because you brought a production to Edinburgh and met someone and stayed I mean it's
0: amazing it's a lovely yeah. Story. yeah it's true
1: I know I never imagined living in Scotland
0: <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I did I, I don't imagine that was the dream <laughs> from, the, from, from when, when you were silly. a kid it's a bit chilly in
2: comparison to in Florida <laughs> yeah, but Florida yeah, yeah. where you live in Florida or where you lived in Florida is not it's not touristy it's it's just
1: Oh no, is super it? touristy. Oh it is. But, yeah, it's very touristy. It's it's a very wealthy city actually. Mm-hmm. Um that and over the years, like you could see like a lot because a lot of snowbirds come and buy houses there. So yeah. over the years it's become really rich with like art and um there's so many festivals and things that happen there now. Mm-hmm. Um, well maybe so, not quite just now. Oh yeah, not at the moment. <laughs> 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 but um but yes, it's quite a like culturally rich city that, uh, mm. that when I go back now, I'm, I'm like, wow, like there's so much happening here. Because yeah. growing up there, there wasn't, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so were, pretty you, vanilla. yeah.
0: were you, um, <laughs> were you close to your mom and dad? Were you closer to one other than the other? Or were you, what was your relationship like with them?
1: I think I was closer to my father, actually. He and I have like similar personalities, um, Mm -hmm. which over the years, like he's kind of said, oh, I used to do this when I was younger. Like I used to make up songs and I used to make up stories and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. (laughs) And (laughs) and, uh, at one point I was like contemplating like being a lawyer when Mm -hmm. I was a kid as well. Uh, just because I always like watching the lawyer shows and I just love like standing in front and like thinking about giving closing arguments and being dramatic. And I was like, yeah, but I don't like like office work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sit in an office yeah. and like do all that stuff. So I was like, uh, yeah, that's okay.
0: Is he, a
2: criminal, <laughs> is he a criminal lawyer then or is he?
1: Yeah, he's a criminal lawyer. Wow. He must have
0: worked all the time, did he?
1: Yeah, he was quite busy. You know, yeah. Very, very busy. And it was uh just interesting to kind of hear the stories as well that he would tell and i remember yeah. going to court with him when i was a kid and just kind of sitting and just wow really fascinated <laughs> yeah just sitting in the courtroom yeah but yeah. uh yeah, he's retired the, now then yeah he's retired now as well yeah. both of and them was your
0: mom a teacher at your school or was she a teacher at another school
1: no, she was a teacher in a public school system okay. for yeah, for 40 years. She was a teacher. Wow. Wow. And um and she retired, but now she like works at um an after school program. Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> She's one of those people like she she can't sit down. She's like, yeah. "Uh, I need to be doing something." So <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. now she does that like part-time and she really enjoys it. So. Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: That's nice. And so you're... Sorry, Karen, are you going to ask something now. No, no, go ahead, Katie, please. Your teenage years is what I was going to move into, unless you had another question about childhood, Mum. No, this was... Actually, I
2: remember when you were performing at the Gilded Balloon, you had to go home for your sister's wedding, I think. Yes. Was that, right? was that your youngest? Yeah. wedding?
1: The my sister who's right under me, yeah, yeah. who
2: she's I, the one you're closest talk to every day. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. So going, she
2: was like, "I, I was <laughs> outraged. What <laughs> <laughs> going for a wedding in the middle <laughs> of August?"
1: But yeah, no, <laughs> let you go. <laughs> I was, I know. I even said to her, "I'm like, why are you putting the wedding in the middle of festival season?" Because <laughs> she initially <laughs> was saying it's going to be in October, and. All this other stuff, and then she moved mm. it to August, and um, and yeah, I was like, "Well, I." She's like, "You cannot miss my wedding." I'm yeah. Like, okay, I, would, I will be there. Yeah, she <laughs> yes. would kill you. <laughs> but it was crazy because I had to like the times. Obviously, were so tight that I had to mm. get there, like fly there. I think I left like the morning, like after or the afternoon after the show, mm-hmm. and then I flew out like right after the wedding to arrive in the morning to be back on stage in the afternoon but my flight got canceled and so mm -hmm. I was like I have got to get back to Scotland (laughs) (laughs) and uh look and I had ended up like I think I bought like a round-trip ticket because it was cheaper and the woman was like okay since you and I was just not gonna use it and she was like okay well since you bought this ticket I'll just change it for like a hundred dollars, and you could just get on this flight. And so I was like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> oh, good on you! Yeah. At, least, <laughs> at,
2: at least you didn't say, "I have to go back, or Karen Corn will kill me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what she was thinking, definitely. <laughs> exactly. I was like,
1: "I don't know what I'm gonna say." <laughs> Was right after I had won the French first as well so like yeah. after that the shows had like sold out yeah. so I like I have to get that <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god um, and yeah, we'll get yes, on
0: going to back to the flow your teenagers as a woman how did you develop as a teenager what would what were you like what was your probably oh, you rebellious <laughs>
1: I don't think I was, but a lot of people thought I was. Really? I think, I think I was just, like, really strong in my opinions. I had a really strong personality. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I remember, like, a lot of my friends at that time, their parents started telling them, like, not to hang out with me and stuff. Really? But, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I still don't know to this day why it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think I started questioning a lot of things as I became a teenager um, wh- about like religion, about like different ways, like growing up uh, within the organization and just, you know, as you do as a teenager, just kind of started observing the world around me and just wondering if things always had to be the way that I saw mm-hmm. them. And then I think growing up in a community where everyone kind of has the same way of thinking, especially religiously, um, it's, yeah, it, does, it doesn't always go well when you start questioning things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I can imagine. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, so I just remember that part of my childhood where, like, yeah, people started telling their kids not to hang out with me. Oh. But then when I came back, they were like, oh, could you talk to my, my daughter or son about something? I'm like, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So it wasn't it wasn't with the adults then you were having that you were having the problems. It was with your contemporaries.
1: It was no, it wasn't with my it was more with adults, like I guess telling their kids, yeah. To be wearing yeah, their to opinions. Be, yeah. <laughs> me and my opinions. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah.
2: But my I attitudes think That's how you discover, that's how you find out, isn't it? By having opinions.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've always had like, I mean, my parents always encouraged it, especially, I guess that's why me and my dad always got on because he was always like, you know, he would answer questions and Mm -hmm. he encouraged like my inquisitive, my inquisitive like mind. And um, yeah, and I guess in a way, he didn't really pressure me when it came to religion um because my mom was really she was they both were religious, but my dad just had a a way of making it a smoother way of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of uh conveying his religious uh, yeah. <laughs> his religious opinions uh, yeah. sure. and and it didn't feel like it was kind of forced mm-hmm. and we could have conversations that sometimes um may not have. I just yeah. have conversations, yeah, that, where I can question things. So, it, sure.
2: it, it
1: appears to me,
2: and I might be wrong, but um, in America, the religious beliefs are very, very strong and very, you know, they're a huge part of, of people's lives, whereas here it's not, not, not anymore anyway, um, is as strong, mm-hmm. you know. And you are yeah, brought up in a strong religious, with mm-hmm. strong religious beliefs. Um, but I think yeah. it's a good
1: question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really happy like I've come to like my own kind of like stance on religion and my religious like really my relationship like mm-hmm. with religion. And yeah. um yeah. Kind so, of, that's kind so really of through
2: through that time that's when you got more heavily into theater, was it?
1: Yeah, I would say I mean I was still always involved with theater. Um, because the my theater instructor, yeah, he he we traveled with music and doing shows and mm-hmm. and I guess it was when I started noticing because my theater instructor always created all of our shows. And so I would like yeah, he would always give me all of the big parts because I had a good memory. <laughs> and, <laughs> And because of my voice. So he always made me the narrator with all these chunks of, like, uh, prose to learn. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so it was always kind of a part of of my life. And I think when I think back to why I thought I could start creating work, it was because working with him, it just always felt like something natural to do to Mm. kind of, yeah, just kind of make your own path and create your own work. Um, did you ever
0: think that you were? Good, did you ever want to go down the music avenue?
1: Did you always want to be an actor,
0: or, or was it always both integrated? Did you want to do both at the same time? Is is music just as big a part of it as theater is
1: for you? Uh, it's become more of a bigger part for me, like music, because for many years I didn't sing actually, and I remember my mentor. He was always like, "You should. You have a really great voice." And I was like, "Whatever. I'm an actress." <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> and uh when i moved to new york it was when things kind of shifted because when i got there i realized oh um if you don't sing you don't work because everything was musical theater or had some really? element of music a part of it yeah and so that's when i started learning how to like kind of develop my voice and stuff but yeah mm-hmm. growing up i never really wanted to sing and my dad used to try and make us into like this little singing group, the five of us. So he would write <laughs> write these songs on his guitar, <laughs> and then he would be like making us sing in church. but I used to hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, that might put you off. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Did he think
2: you you were the new Jacksons or something?
1: I know. I think so. He used to yeah. call us the Campbellettes. <laughs> oh really. <laughs> That's so cute. That's great. Oh, <laughs>
0: um, But tell us about moving to New York. That
1: sounds very exciting. How did you decide to fly and oh, how did you, do, you, you? do that? Uh, it was after university. I was 20, okay. I guess I would have been 23, 22. Sure.
0: Where, where did you go to university before
1: that? I went to Florida International University, and I got my bachelor's of fine arts degree in theater performance. Yeah, with uh, yeah, with a minor in poli sci because I was still always interested in law for some reason. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was um. Yeah, it was good. That's why you're
2: good at contracts. Yeah, yeah. very good. Perhaps.
0: (laughs) And what was I
2: Sorry i was going to say you realize you 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 were going to have to read a lot of contracts yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: <Really>? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: um, what was that degree like what was that course like at
1: university did you enjoy it i did yeah it was um yeah i i got to perform a lot uh in university and i guess one thing that i wish we had more of was like mm-hmm. learning kind of the business of of the industry um which i think overall is something that would be really helpful for performers like Mm. because you kind of get your degree in performance and then you enter into the world like what do i do now yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many
0: performers there's so many performers that are producing their own work now yeah and, and don't know how to do it because it's very competitive industry and so if you want your work to be seen then you have to Put it on yourself sometimes, which yeah can yeah. be really hard. Especially, yeah, exactly. Especially because you want to focus on being an artist. <laughs> like yeah. having to do everything else as well must be really
1: difficult. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, but I think it's so important, kind of, to learn every element of the business when it comes to that. Because yeah. I mean, then when you're creating work and you know how to sell your work, you know, like how to market your work and and kind of. Um, yeah, just to make sure that you're making something that's appealing to an audience as well, as being true to yourself as well. Um, But yeah. So you
0: did that degree, and then did you expect to be the next big thing? What happened? (laughs) Did you come out and like, I'm gonna be in Hollywood? What happened?
1: Yeah, well, I moved (laughs) to New York. Um, Yeah, I moved to New York, and right before I went to New York, um, I had done a show in Sarasota and they, this guy who was on the board for like a master's program had like offered me basically like a master's a free master's to go to this for like an MFA but I was like no I'm gonna be a star I'm going to New York (laughs) (laughs) really
0: I'm I'm not laughing, sorry.
1: Of course, of course you would. (laughs) I know. I think it's like when you're at that point where you've been in school for your whole life and you're just like, I just want to start my life. Like, Mm. I just want to go and see what what everything's about. And so... Also, um, um, New York,
2: (laughs) the big apple, you know, I mean, it's huge. And so many people go there wide-eyed thinking and you would have had to earn enough money to live, presumably, as well yeah. and, and and you know trail around and try and get work i mean
1: what did you do how did, did you have anything to go to no like i just i had i think about like four thousand dollars saved well, and that's i got there that's not that's bad, <laughs> well it went very quickly <laughs> 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 and we I, after you put down like first last security on an apartment i'm like so that's like half of my money gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then like furnishing it, and then I end up like getting a job in like a furniture store or something because mm-hmm. they were flexible and uh and then I just started like just going auditions and um yeah, I think it was like showing up there and realizing like it's quite unionized New York, uh where like unions are different in the states than they are here. Or like mm-hmm. if you're not a part of the union, like you can't even get into certain auditions in New York. So, really? so you would just kind of have to wait in this like waiting room and be like, did you know enough union people not show up so I could like go in and audition? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes that would be you waiting there all day to wow. audition. And, uh, and then in the non-union stuff, you show up there at like maybe five in the morning, to put your name on this list, this unofficial list. And mm-hmm. the audition started at like nine, but then there'd be like hundreds of people there to audition, yeah. um, so it was, yeah, it was quite a really interesting, like showing up there and be like, oh, like, we all got a dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's other people that have this dream too. <laughs> exactly, like, Did you, so, was, was it hugely competitive? Yeah, extremely competitive. And I think as well, like, because I wasn't really, like, developed, I hadn't really developed my sound or been confident enough in my own voice, it was really um, difficult. I mean, yeah, it was really hard for me to kind of go into auditions, like music auditions, singing, and I'm, like, competing with people whose, like, voices are, like, these big kind of gospel voices that they kind of expect like black voices to sound like sure, sure. Um, and I, think, so, I
0: mean your voice is unbelievable if i do for my humble opinion
1: your voice oh, thank is you <laughs> <laughs> i think it was just coming to terms with like what my sound is yeah. and, and i think it's what kind of eventually drove me to start creating my own work is just realizing that like my voice and the kind of things that i wanted to do i wasn't being called in for that kind of stuff um in audition did you mm-hmm. did you join this union that you're talking about? No, because it was really difficult to join as well.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It
0: get the chance as well, and costs mm-hmm. money.
1: Yes, yeah, it's really, it's, it's expensive, and it's mm-hmm. not like you could just join. So you had to. There were different paths. So the first, the path that a lot of people took was that you had to do a certain amount of shows where you earned a certain amount of points, and once mm-hmm. you got a certain amount of points, then you could join the union, or <laughs> you got into a show right away and they let you they offer send you give you an invitation to join the union right away mm-hmm. uh, most people right out of university like they did like these kind of school tours where you earn points to join the union and then i think it was like a thousand dollars like entry into Yeah. the union yeah. Um, okay. but like you were just kind of like i just like get Yeah. So I can like audition like yeah. uh, you couldn't even get yeah. in for that kind of stuff because it was yeah, all unionized. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a wake up call when I got to New York <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't all want me straight away. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, like, I, can't just so I how long were you in New York? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was there for four years. So oh, if, wow. you,
2: if you'd stayed mm. another four, you probably would have <laughs> joined the union.
1: I think maybe eventually but I know, I, I think about that like, I, I don't know maybe our,
2: I mean, are all the stars of um on Broadway and everything, are they all
0: part of the union?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely uh-huh. if you're so working on you, Broadway
0: <clears throat> Did you just start making your own work or did you get some jobs here and there like what what kind of work were you doing um
1: yeah I got like cast in like some regional stuff so I went on tour some for some non-union work I did and then kind of doing like little festivals and things around like New York um but yeah I just kind of got but like (laughs) <laughs> Is this it? Is this life? <laughs> like, am I ever going to do work that I'm interested or where people can really see what I can do instead of being called in to play another 12-year-old again? <laughs> yeah, God.
2: Uh, <laughs> so how how yeah. on earth did you get to, to China? What took you to Shanghai, of all the places in the world? <laughs> this,
1: it was actually, like, the financial collapse, like, because... Really? Yeah, because it really like was devastating in New York. And the year I left, there were I think like five shows on Broadway that closed, which were predominantly oh. um, like black casts, a lot of black actors, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really devastating. And there was like hardly any work in New York, even like day jobs, like um, survival yeah. jobs. And I remember... were well,
0: so naive to that. I honestly didn't think that the financial crash affected the arts that badly. Yeah, it was. It was.
1: It was really. It was oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, know. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like to the point where I'm like, am I even gonna be able to like pay my rent? And like, um, and I oh, and at that point, I was working in this store, this like sculpting store that was like where hope goes to die. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, I gotta get out of here. And um and so I had saw this ad coincidentally on like on um on Craigslist where mm. they were looking for drama teachers in in Asia. And so I just kind of like went through the list and was like, oh, I'll just try and apply in Shanghai, why not? Mm-hmm. and so uh yeah they started like emailing me and at first I thought maybe this is a scam because I think it was around mm-hmm. the time of like the Craigslist killer or something was happening so yeah. I'm like I don't know if I should oh, actually trust these Jesus I'm Like, um, I got to get taken but uh <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't take a chance you'll never know <laughs> that's true oh, no, oh, I know my parents are kind of like you're to you you're planning to go to China Afi you don't even speak Mandarin (laughs) uh, (laughs) but I applied and yeah they hired me and I had this idea like it was around the time where I was also thinking like well I I really want to start creating my work and I was really still thinking about Nina Simone and her music and just realizing I didn't have like enough life experience to kind of write with depth about her or even maybe perform like convey any amount of depth as well and so Mm -hmm. I just was like you know like maybe this will be my adventure I'll go and I'll like travel and live and see what happens and um so yeah so when they hired me I was just like okay let's do this very brave of you very brave yeah
0: yeah were you kind of ready for it were you like ready for a change at that point were you sick of new york or were you yeah
1: yeah i was i was ready i was really i was very open to a change and kind of ready to do something different and try something different um because i just felt like i wasn't going the places i wanted to go and so I always had an intention of like going for a year and then kind of go, going back to New York was always the plan. Yeah. But, and what yeah. happened?
0: How long were you?
1: <laughs> up on? I was there almost six years.
0: Where are you? C-A-L. Yeah, uh-huh. almost six years in China. What? Well, I've never been to Shanghai before. I mean, what was it like? That must have been a massive
1: change for you. It was it was amazing actually because everywhere else was the crisis in the world but there in China was like a renaissance was happening. (laughs) (laughs) It was like and I remember there was an ad um, I'm not an article in the New York Times before I left where a lot of graduates were going to China because there were no jobs in America Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. because of the crisis and so yeah so I got there like yeah, it was just like a really vibrant city and people were making art, the expo was there and it just felt like, yeah, like just a really vibrant place to be at that time. Yeah,
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, and so I spent the first kind of years like teaching, but also partying a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you find teaching? Did you enjoy teaching?
1: Um, I did actually, it was, it was challenging um, kind of just because, like, teaching locals sometimes they never saw like a black person, sure. so they would come into the classroom and the kids would be like, giving me these yeah. looks. <laughs> but then um, after a while, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed working with the children, and I ended up working with a local company. So I went to local Chinese schools oh, wow. uh, teaching drama and. And I found it really rewarding, especially some of them, you know, they weren't encouraged to be creative. So it took some time, but one group I was with for like quite, maybe about a year. And and I remember them doing like kind of speeches at the end. And I was really shocked by like (laughs) some of their creativity and stuff. Uh, Yeah.
2: yeah, It was really rewarding. And it was, it was there that you wrote um, Black is the Color of My Voice.
1: Yes. Yes. I, um, I had written like this other show like the year before I did Black and it was just like me just kind of testing the waters like uh like how to produce work <laughs> yeah. so, I, so I wrote like this Christmas carol like but like a motown spin thing and it was it was a huge learning experience because mm-hmm. I realized like oh yeah you need to have a team behind you like you can't do <laughs> everything yourself <laughs> like yeah, yeah and so um so for black like i got with a, a really good team and yeah and end up writing it and producing it there and
2: aaron hawkins
1: yeah aaron, aaron yeah hawkins, he did, was did, you, did you perform it out in shanghai then yeah that's where i first performed it and yeah. um and worked it there it was i i was really quite pleasantly surprised by the response in shanghai because mm-hmm. i didn't know if there was going to be an appetite for for the show. I'm like, sure. do people know who Nina Simone is? Are people going to be interested? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of was like, you know, if people come, they come. If not, yeah. they don't. I'm just really passionate about this. And Did you put
0: it on as part of a festival or anything, or was it just in a local theatre?
1: No, it wasn't even a local theatre. We just rented a space that really? we kind of converted. It was like... um. What do you call it? Like an outdoor enclosed space, like yeah. on on a rooftop. And so we just like bought a stage and put in lights. Wow. And, and um, was like, hope people show yeah, yeah. up.
0: So you really did everything, like from <laughs> you part of. Yeah.
1: Building a theater as well as the yeah. show—pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. It was. I mean, a lot of the theater companies did it like that in Shanghai, where you just kind of found spaces. And because the community was, it, even though it was a big community, it was a small community because everybody advertised in the same magazines, and you know, it wasn't Facebook and Twitter. You just had WeChat, so you just advertise on WeChat. And yeah. so you advertise mostly to expat communities there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I was thinking the first week when we did it, I was like, well, you know, I hope we get like 10 people to show up or 20 people. (laughs) But yeah, by the end, we, yeah, the numbers just kind of increased over the two weekends and it just exploded actually in the city Mm -hmm. to like the last night we had like, over about like 200 people in a space that was only supposed to hold like eighty. <laughs> 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 and was, and I remember like walking out on stage and like seeing all these people like standing and like lining the back and like on the floor, like around the stage. And it was just amazing. And, yeah, it was really incredible to, yeah. especially for something like I first wrote. Like, of course, yeah. yeah. But the other th-
2: the other thing about it, apart from Nina Simone's incredible story, is your voice, of course. Because yeah. you sang in it and your voice in it, I mean, it was incredible. I mean it wo- it was and is a great
0: piece. Great oh, thank piece. Yeah. yeah Did you do did I mean did that take a lot of training to sing like her or was it just was it just
2: natural
0: to you? try and sing like her did you I didn't
2: think
1: you No. Would, it was yeah. no no it was, I, I made the point. decision to like not try and emulate her sound because, yeah imitate her yeah I can imagine yeah, yeah because yeah it was really diff- and I think it's also one of those sounds where it's really specific mm-hmm. and um and I felt like sometimes when you go see a show you get focused on the fact that oh she doesn't sound like they don't sound like that person and then you tune out um whereas like I was really wanting to tell the story of who she was and and focus have people focus on that element of it um just because I always felt like people like when I told people I was writing this show you know based on her life they always come up with these really negative stories about her and she was really eccentric, so yeah, I get it. But yeah. I wanted to, yeah, kind of show what the story was behind all of that. And yeah. and I felt like if people got hung up on one thing, then it would distract them from, I guess, the yeah, real heart guess. of it.
2: So did someone suggest that you bring it to Edinburgh? Is that what happened?
1: Yeah, um, there was another theatre company that had taken a show, had brought a show to Edinburgh, I guess some years before, and um, everybody always talked about like how it came and it wasn't that successful and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I'll try. <laughs> See what, um, cause it was around the time where I was basically planning my exit out of China.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so I was thinking, Oh, the best way for me to kind of leave China is with a piece and to take it to Edinburgh and hopefully, Kind of jumpstart my career back into the West yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it so the east. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> tell us about Have your 1st you done experience. that absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us about your first fringe experience. How was it? Was it mad? I'm assuming you'd never been before.
1: No, I'd never been. So like, and I remember when I had like I was speaking to Karen and she's like, your show's gonna be on at two. I'm like in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I, I really was. I had to bed." And I'm like, "Oh, isn't that like an eight o'clock performance?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "All the comedy goes on then." And I was like, "Okay, all right then." <laughs> so, so I trust her. From,
2: but from the get go, you had people coming.
1: You yeah, know, was, I mean, yeah.
2: if you think there's 3,000 shows on in Edinburgh, and mm. you know, so many do not get, you know, good audiences, audiences but you got yeah. audiences right
1: from the beginning. Yeah, I was always like, oh, as long as it's more than three, I'm in double digits, <laughs> there's 10, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's 11, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's
2: one of these word and mouth things that people just talked about it and, you know more and more people come.
0: Yeah,
1: it was, um the, we did like, I, I had done a lot of research before I came my, and my friend was helping me and we were just kind of like thinking of strategic ways to like market and stuff. So we did a lot of like exit flyering so yeah. at that year, there was the Janice Joplin show that was on. So I would just oh, take right. my flat and go there and like exit flyer, like that show. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and um, But it was really good because the show got mentioned in that big like news um, press release at the beginning mm-hmm. of the festival yeah. where they mentioned shows. So yeah. I was already feeling like quite confident. I'm like, oh, wow, like out of 3,000 shows, they mentioned my show <laughs> um, yeah. to come. And yeah, and it was, it started off, it always, it did start off pretty strong. Like it was always in, you know, double digits. I had like 10, 11 people. And then by the end it just grew and Mm -hmm. it was, it was really great. Like, Did you find it stressful or did you enjoy it that first year? I think I found the first, like the first, that first week and a half where you're just like, like, you know, pounding um, the pavement. Yeah. And you're just like. Oh God! What is all of this? What am I doing here? <laughs> and I think the first review that came out was like a three-star kind of review, and I'm um, yeah. just like, oh, maybe the show isn't that great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing how quickly it can change, isn't it? It just yeah. Like, every day something different happens, which is, <laughs> it can change everything. It's so um, great. um, So I'm desperate to hear your love story. Was that your first uh, Fringe, or was that later? What happened? Oh,
1: oh, I met him uh, the first Fringe, and I think I met him maybe like the second or third day of the festival. Really? Really? Yeah. (laughs) I know. I was like thinking I'm gonna come in and you know have my (laughs) fun. Yeah. the festival and uh we met like at the i went it was that day when they had the big meet the press thing and so i was there at the where they do that and he was there yeah meet the media yeah and he was there with like a friend of his and i was like chatting up his friend (laughs) and um (laughs) his friend and then he they were like oh let's all go out for a drink tonight or Mm um and, but was well, he, he media, me.
2: was he media then? Was he?
1: No, no, he was just there. He was like doing his uh, working on his masters, and was just like kind of there in the building when it was all happening. <laughs> he wasn't even a part of anything.
0: <laughs> he and was that's... looking for hot actors.
2: <laughs> that's what he was looking
0: for. <laughs> and hey, he found one. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! I don't know it was so I'm random. Just what did, was he doing a masters in? In gastronomy. <laughs> oh, really? Gastronomy! My goodness. Cool. cool. And so was it like a whirlwind romance? And you decided to stay at the end of the month, or what happened? Like
1: it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really unexpected because I was like seeing somebody else, and then yeah. Um, yeah, then he and I started seeing each other, and I was just like, oh, like you know. I didn't expect it to be very serious. And then by the end of the festival, I was like, oh, I really like you. And he's like, I like you too. And I was still living in China. So Mm -hmm. I went back to China and um, he came to visit me in December of that year. And we spent, like, we went to the Philippines and spent Christmas together and uh, yeah. And then I came back to visit him. And then I was just like, I don't know, Let's just give this a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool.
2: Cool. Well, did we not tour uh, Color of Your Voice in the spring of that
1: year? Oh yes, 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 yes. I came back for the. I think that was when I was when I had moved here. Yeah, when I had moved here. here. Yeah, then we did the tour. Then yes, yes, yeah. yeah, cool. the Land wild.
2: It. So. Um, <laughs> Then you, you wrote Woke, which was an even bigger
1: success. <laughs> it and was. How did that come about? What? what? Um, I, it was, I guess, a couple things. Like, well, my friend in college had written this piece about Asada Shakur that I always really loved. And, and um, over the years, I was kind of trying to figure out a way to, you know, use that piece in some way. And so I just kind of was, like, asking her. She and I were chatting one day, and I'm like, what are you going to do with this piece? And she's like, nothing. So I said, well, let me take it <laughs> and see what I could do with it. And uh, so that was, like, the foundation for the Asada character. And I had I watched a documentary, 13th, which oh, my really God. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and also, I think even growing up in America, like, watching that and just kind of being made aware of like how systemic like like racism was a part of our culture and, mm-hmm. and how it had affected like, you know, in the prison system and everything. And even though you kind of hear it, but to kind of see it there, like in black and white and see like politicians talking about it in this way. It yeah. was just, yeah, really galvanizing for me. Um, and so when I, uh, that was one other thing. And then my friend who wrote it with me, She moved back to America and she's like blonde hair, blue eyes, six foot two woman Mm -hmm. who found herself basically, you know, fighting the justice system and was educating herself because she was trying to stay out of jail. And, um, and so she was really angry and we just kind of started thinking together because we had worked together when we were in Shanghai because she lived in Shanghai and we started, you know, working together to think about like how we can incorporate the Asada story. And, um, and then from there, we kind of came up with the Ambrosia story and wanting to kind of tell, you know, about the justice system in America. And that's how we started working on, on Woke.
0: Yeah. Was it and, quite an emotional... Journey to write something like that, or how was it for you writing that? Um, I think did you feel removed from it, or did you feel like, how, well, it's an
1: emotional piece as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I felt it was cathartic in a way, and I think it was even more cathartic for her because, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the information it was really helpful like working with her because a lot of this information, like with the, um, the system. Which yes. things that she was learning because she was using it to fight her own case, <laughs> um, yeah. and and for her it was like kind of like eye opening as well because she's like, oh, I just think this is really hard for me, but I have help. But imagine like if I were yeah. black, like how much more challenging like yeah. this would be for me to be able yeah. to fight yeah. the system. Well, um, and I think for both of us, we both were living in China. She's American as well. And we both were living in China through the Ferguson riots. So we were seeing all of that, mm-hmm. you know, through the eyes of the media, like really far removed, like in China, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, living our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, I had been out of China, like almost, I mean, out of America almost five years. So it was really shocking for me to see like tanks on the street. To see tear yeah. gas and to see those images coming out of Ferguson and just thinking, like, you know, is, is America getting this bad? And, and I remember talking to my friend and she was just like, you know, they're killing us out here, Afia. Like, you don't understand what's happening here. And, um, and that was really shocking for me, too, to think, like, wow, like, like people really feel like this. Like, this is, yeah. this is like a day-to-day feeling of fear uh, yeah. of the police and fear of, of death yeah um, and so, yeah, and I, I just kind of wanted to participate in the movement as well in the way that I could and mm-hmm. and I thought it was really important to kind of show how things like this happen, you know, or show like you know people don't just get up and start going and blowing things up and you know protesting that this is something that takes or like is like years in the making really yeah to to get to that point.
2: Have you performed it in America? No, not yet. (laughs) I hope
1: to get it there. I mean, New
2: York should take it in a heartbeat. You should perform it in New York, definitely. I mean, have you been thinking
0: about it?
1: I have been, yeah. um, It's just kind of finding the right place, I suppose. What year did you
0: debut in Edinburgh? When was that?
1: 2018. Yeah, so two years ago, yeah. Yeah, two years
2: ago. Yeah, and we'll we'll have a word with some people for you. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. <laughs>
2: no, because um, definitely it should be shown there. I mean, I'd I'd love to see the reaction it, it got over there.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And obviously it's still relevant as well, which is horrific that it is still relevant, mm. but it is so important. Well, yeah, God, more relevant it. than ever now because of I know. what's
2: happening. It's crazy. How are you feeling about all that?
1: Um yeah it it was really interesting cuz i was thinking like you know is woke still relevant is it just kind of of this time like have mm-hmm. we moved past this and then to see everything coming up with like george floyd, george and, floyd yeah. and i and i was thinking obviously it's really emotional to to see those images but i think even more so was emotional kind of seeing the police officer and seeing him in the same frame mm-hmm. and being able to like watch the life like leave his body and this person is standing on top of him like not caring. Yeah. And and I am I mean I'm happy that he's like in like they arrested him and they're like they've charged him. Mm-hmm. And I think that initially I was just sticky like it's because a lot of people, you know, like Mike Brown's killer was set free. And mm-hmm. and you see all these police officers get off and say it's self-defense or whatever. And I was just thinking, like, is is this guy gonna get off? When, when yeah. it's so obvious that he killed this man? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But, but it's just it's I a think- shame that it's still happening. And I think, but do you feel that the this this particular movement? I mean, there, there's been so many blanket. Uh, hmm. Do you do you feel there's change? Do you? I
1: mean, I do feel actually. Change? Yeah, I think. It it feels really different. It feels yeah. more like the world is listening. The world is yeah. joining in on this movement. Finally, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yes. And and people and there's like change. Yeah. It it feels really different than it did before. Well, for
2: Katie me. saw you speaking at a rally. Or yeah, and uh,
0: yeah. Black Lives Matter move um, protest in Edinburgh um, mm-hmm. in Hollywood Park. You were asked to speak. How did that? Um, how was that for you? Was that, I mean, your words were incredibly emotional, my God. Um, <laughs> and I thought you were, uh, I think the whole um, protest was really well organized. And the speakers, mm. for me as a white person, but also as a Scottish white person, it was great hearing uh, Scottish experiences, because that's not mm. really played in the media at all. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, was that, how was that for you? I think it was it felt like yeah it felt cathartic because we've been sitting at home and we've just yes, kind of been therefore. seeing these images and to be in a place where everyone is of like mind and we're all kind of saying the same thing and we're all fighting for the same thing and it felt it felt emotional mm-hmm. but it also felt like comforting yeah. in a way to be in an environment like that yeah um, hopeful yeah and hopeful
2: yeah absolutely and the, the organizers knew you and asked you to to um talk, did they?
1: Yeah, I'm um I'm friends with Mara. She's a storyteller here. Yeah. Mara Lindsay's and she reached out to me yeah. and um yeah initially I wasn't going to talk and I I asked her um I told her I don't know I don't think I'm going to say mm-hmm. anything that conversation with Mara and yeah. he was and I I mean I guess it's because I know that Black men feel this burden of trying to make themselves smaller in a way because people feel intimidated by -hmm. by them when they see them or they look at them as a threat in some way. And I guess to hear my own brother telling me that he feels this way and when he walks down the street, like, he knows people see him in this way, um, it just really... Yeah, it just really impacted me. And... Um, yeah. hit home that it was,
0: it's real and it's happening to people. Yeah, yeah was,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. so... Yeah. Well, yes, you, I felt so <laughs>
0: You went for it. You went Yeah, <laughs> on you. <laughs> and so going back to your lockdown, because obviously that was happening just after lockdown or as we were easing lockdown, how has lockdown been for you? And how are you feeling about COVID and the future of the theatre?
1: Yeah! <laughs> i know I'm, I'm just i don't know some days i just think oh god i don't want to mourn the theater I'm like, is, is, is theater going to come back i know I know, I know you, went, funny, you went
2: through that that time in new york and now
1: <laughs> hey it's much yeah. worse yeah. <laughs> yeah right i'm i've like, done this guys yeah <laughs> Hello.
0: Um, So, how are you coping? Are you are you just enjoy? Are you taking the break? Are you taking some time off, or are you are you, you know, using it for new things?
1: Yeah, I don't do well well with like idle time. You
2: you mentioned that you've just written something new.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I worked with. I just I had a commission with NTS, and so yeah, they're doing the scenes for Survival with the BBC. And so I wrote a monologue for that. <laughs> oh, fabulous. And um, and yeah, and then I had got a commission through um, working. I'm working with Magnetic North, like to try and develop a new piece. So mm-hmm. that commission like came through at the beginning of the um, lockdown. Yes. Yeah. So I've just been working on that and yeah, to cool. stay busy, I suppose. And so
2: now maybe you're only going to be a writer.
1: I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't think you could
1: not be on stage. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I mean, I do enjoy kind of like writing and being able to just kind of put something out there and have I'm somebody else be in the face of it. Yeah. Um, do you think that's your future? I think it'll be a part of my future. I hope so. That yeah. I would like to just kind of, do a bit more writing. I think I I do like it. I do enjoy performing. I think it's just been getting to me that I'm away a lot and it gets yeah. quite tiresome to be on the road uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time. And I think also being the performer of my pieces that I'm like the driving force behind the pieces. Mm-hmm. So I would like it where it just wasn't all on me <laughs> to... Yeah,
2: it's it's hard work, that's for sure. Especially when you've got a wee one at home. You need know yeah.
0: that time to be with... What's your son's name again? Julian. Julian, how has yes. it been the, having this time with him? Has it been lovely? It
1: has it's been. exhausting. Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sort of. I mean, my husband's here, so we both yeah. kind of share the time. I think we're just more shocked about his personality because yeah he loves dancing and oh cool and he like sits there and he sings and and now he's <laughs> even started like mocking martin when he tries to be authoritative
2: <laughs> yes, he Great.
1: Is, oh my goodness so he, he's a little actor then <laughs> he's a little actor he just makes up these voices and i'm just quite shocked by his personality every day so
2: oh, that's so cute Tell me, thinking, going back to your mum, who's retired at home in Florida, Sarasota. Is it Sarasota?
1: Yeah, Sarasota.
2: Sarasota. 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 What life lessons has she given you that you will or can pass on to your wee one?
1: Let me think. Or your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Or my dad. (laughs) Um... I think they were both like always encouraging, like whatever opportunities I'm offered, yeah. that I should take them, um, and to kind of be fearless in that way. Um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely things that I've taken away yeah. from yeah. them,
2: yeah. Uh, from
1: both of them. Uh, both of them, I feel like both of them had missed opportunities uh, about things throughout the life that they've told me, like, oh, like my dad was like, oh, I actually, I enjoyed, I was in engineering and I enjoyed that more, but I thought the classes were too hard, so I switched to political science and then I thought, what am I gonna do with this degree? So I went to law school. <laughs> and so he wasn't really happy as a lawyer. And mm-hmm. so he was always like, you know, kind of do what makes you happy and yeah. um, what yeah. you enjoy. As- those are things that I have kind of taken with me yeah. uh, have, throughout
2: my have, life. Have you traveled over here yet? Yes, yes.
1: My mom and dad came over when, we, when I gave birth uh, to oh, Julian. Absolutely. Yeah, oh. <laughs> And they came the year we got married. They came over as well. Oh, yeah, so, have they seen
0: and, the show? Have they seen woke or have they seen I mean they must have seen black as a color? Yeah, before. they
1: saw black, uh, because it I took it to a theater in Sarasota or they invited oh, really? me there. Yes. So oh, that's that. where I made the trailer and everything was there yeah. at that theater. And yeah. so they saw it there. And they saw it when I cause I did it in New York at a festival mm-hmm. as well, and they saw it there as well. Yeah. But they haven't seen woke. And yeah, so Yes. we we'll have to get it over there. Need to
0: get it over there, yeah, exactly.
1: Absolutely.
0: So. Um, well, we wish you all like everything's gonna be fine, Avia. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> we're staying. So.
2: Um, <laughs> we're not exactly sure when it'll be fine.
1: Oh, yeah. Not sure
0: when, but we know it's going to be okay. And um yeah, we have to get woke seen by as many people as possible and we would love you to keep in touch about all these new commissions that you're getting. It's exciting.
2: I know, yeah. we want to hear all about them. And the more, the merrier. I mean, you are a really, really good writer and an excellent oh, performer, you. so... Yes. Um, it can only be good from now on.
0: Yeah. The only way is up. Come on. I will <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Raffi, I to
1: Mama said there'll be